All right, good afternoon. I'm going to call the meeting of Monday, March 6, 2023, to order at 3 p.m. And we will begin with a work session today, and I'll turn it over to the hands of Mr. Joe Smolinski. Thank you, Mayor. Before we get started, I want to ask Alex Whiteway if you would come down. I believe you had a, a challenge coin you wanted to share with the council in light of an achievement, and then uh, to talk a little bit about something new uh, in our community this past week. I already gave you one. Yes, good afternoon, Mayor and Council. The coin, the coin that was created, that's a coin to demonstrate the, public, the Outstanding Public Drinking Water Award that we got. Again, we are one of three entities that received that out of 7,000. So it's quite an accomplishment for us. So we went ahead and had challenge coins created and we wanted to make sure to give each of y'all once and y'all are a huge part of our success in receiving that award. So again, thank y'all so much for your support and everything that y'all do. And then uh, also just wanted to let y'all know, I don't know if y'all been down Broad Street lately this past weekend, but uh, the tower is lit now and um, it currently is cayenne, uh, the color cayenne, which is that teal color. And it's, you know, we have a set schedules we discussed that's gonna be the different colors it takes place. Uh, next Monday, it's going to be lit up green for the entire week for St. Patrick's Day and the Pickle Parade. So we have the ability to change different colors. Uh, we don't have every single color. Like for example, if I believe Mansfield's colors are orange and black. So obviously we wouldn't be able to light it up orange and black. It would just be orange because black would not uh, shoot up well on the tower. but. It's pretty awesome. Uh, been, we've been coming in at, uh, I think I came in last week around like 1.30 in the morning because I wanted to tweak it while everyone was sleeping. I didn't want everyone to shoot it up on social media before y'all found out that it was going live. But um, I think it looks great. So if you haven't seen it, please drive by, take a look at it. And it's, a, it's quite a spectacle. I think it's gonna build the city of Mansfield skyline. And it just, it looks pretty awesome. You can see it from the water treatment plant. You can see it from 287 and 360. It's just, uh, I've been getting a lot of messages uh, from a lot of people sending me different pictures from their different angles. So it's pretty awesome. Any questions? Go ahead, Mr. Casey. I've received a lot of comments from people that are driving in from Midlothian or off of Cedar Hill and they can see ours and it just stands out. They don't see the Grand Prairie one that's uh, on 360, so I like that <laughs> comment. Um, I think we do have our first opportunity. We've got a high school team that is uh, in the state Final Four this week. Summit is uh, playing on Thursday night. I'd love to see if we could get that lit up blue and white for Summit maybe Wednesday through Saturday. They've got uh, tournament starts Thursday. If they win that game, they'll go to the championship on Saturday. Yes, sir. I, I don't have blue and white in the program right now, but I'm working with the manufacturer to see if they can program it before Wednesday. I can guarantee you it will be lit blue okay. uh, for those days. And then if we can add the white to it, uh, hopefully we can get that done by Wednesday evening. Got it. Cool. We talk about hometown feel and hometown things. There's one simple thing we can do to bring our community together and talk about our high schools and rally everybody behind them. So even if it's still the blue that it's been, if we can go out on social media and say, you know, hey, it's 
blue for summit for this weekend. We lit it up blue. That'd be great. Yes, sir. We Thanks. can definitely do that. All right. All right. Go ahead, Ms. Bounds. Do you have pink? Yes, ma'am. We do have pink. And uh, I actually have a photo of it on my phone because, uh, <laughs> like I said, I've been testing it all. I went through every different color, and pink is pretty awesome, I will tell you all. I think uh, pink and green are one of the colors that stand out extremely well. But, yes, I think you will be extremely happy with when it's lit up pink. So for breast cancer awareness, we'll have a nice pink to show everybody. Yes, ma'am. We All will right. have a very bright pink. And on the very last day of that October, which is uh, Halloween, it will be purple and green, the Halloween colors. But for the rest of it, it will be an awesome pink. I think everyone's going to be pretty excited the way it looks. Anything else? Very good. Anybody else? Mr. Okay. Perfect. All right. Thank you. all Let's light it up, brother. <laughs> Hi, Faith. You want to go ahead and come to the podium? Uh, <clears throat> so we had, we had committed to all of you during the uh, Council's strategic visioning workshop that we would get you uh, a copy of the notes that, that were taken on the board um, by Friday. I believe you got that and have had the, the weekend to take a look at it. We're going to go through a presentation now uh, where really this is just a, you know, an, an engage, a conversation uh, more so than anything. So we can put these all uh, together, go through that list, see if there's some highlights you'd like to pick out and focus on. Uh, and the idea is that this will be a forward-facing document for the community to see what we're working on. And there are a number of ways that we can track it and follow it moving forward. Uh, I think, uh, was it was at the city of Arlington? Faith? Yes that had a pretty good example of how they're communicating progress on each of those, uh, their items. So anyway, let's go ahead, go ahead and move forward through this just a little bit, Faye. All right, so at our recent strategic visioning workshop, we had the opportunity to hear presentations from staff, and you all identified several areas that you'd like to highlight as strategic initiatives. So we just want to um, take some time today to refine those initiatives and highlight two or three on each slide. So starting out with focusing on the future. We have small area plans, future land use plan, um, being inclusive, building a community with residents with special needs in mind, um, recall um, resident survey results, prioritize city councils and city staff's continuous learning through various trainings, um, fixing the hourglass and connecting with Generation Now, recruiting STEM career fields to the city, remaining competitive in recruitment efforts, and developing comprehensive economic development policy. So I think our request is, uh, sure. how do we want to do this? Okay. Uh, we can go through this list. You can uh, com combine some of these items, or if some seem repetitive, you can take those out. Or we can go all the way in the opposite direction and say every one of these, we can formalize every one of these in, under this focusing on the future header. Okay. Now, um, keep in mind, these are the notes we were just writing as everyone was as everyone was talking. So, if there are a few of these that we really want to pick out and identify with the idea that we'd be reporting on those to the public, now would be a good okay. time to, to 
kind of do right. that. All right, let's hear from the team. Short and then Ms. Bond. I can uh, tell you my top three would be the future land use plan, the uh, resident survey results mm -hmm. and discussing those items, and then recruiting STEM career fields in the city. That's good. All right. Thank you, ma'am. Ms. Bounds? I did um, a little different. I looked at all five of these and looked at what was in each one that we had talked about and then looked at what would go into focusing on the future, what would go in each other one of these and tools for implementation. And so what I created was kind of a five for five because there's five okay. and I put five on there. So, um, I kind of rewrote a couple of things. So I have five on there. And so I have um, build a community inclusive of all, which is be inclusive for all, mm -hmm. uh, improve communication uh, with uh, the residents. I have create, so where it has re recall resident survey results. I have created a better sense of an opportunity for mobility, and then I put in the better traffic flow, more sidewalks, more retail and restaurants. I have more opportunities for unique retail restaurants and entertainment and connect with Generation Now and create the city they want to inherit. So I, I kind of took some of this and then looked at tools and kind of put those in my five for five on this, this first one. All right, so you, you, what you did was, in regard to um, addressing each of the categories separately, you just combined them, sounds like, and then you highlighted what you thought was uh, the important points. Is that what we're hearing you say? Yes, there's some that are repetitive in some of the other categories. Okay. So they do speak to the same thing, like the future land use plan and communication. Sure. So they do speak to the same thing. I just had brought over some of those and just talked about the same thing that we have in here. I just named it. Okay. Different. All right. We'll hear from the others and then we'll see how we're going to work that out. Uh, go ahead, uh, Mr. Bronx. Okay. Uh, I picked this because uh, one of my tops, the small area plans, mm -hmm. I feel like the future land use program will do that. Mm -hmm. That will be inclusive. I'm sorry, Larry. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Did you hear if they? Yes. Okay. Uh, so the small area plans, which I feel like is in, inclusive of uh, the uh, future land use. Uh, my second was prioritize the city council and the staff's continuous learning so we can understand the trends and innovations. Mm -hmm. And I'm so dedicated to that that I felt like the very next one, fix the hourglass. Uh, mm -hmm. I can't tell you what the trip to St. Louis and uh, uh, Lexington last year did for me as far as changing my, my concept of what a city should be. Sure. And so I think that needs to continue, at least it does for me as an older person. I mean, it was a, that was definitely a generational change in my way of thinking. Uh, so that was important uh, 
Fourth, uh, the competitiveness in recruiting efforts for our city staff. Very important so we keep a, a dedicated and loyal staff here that is uh, intelligent. And then the uh, uh, fifth uh, uh, of importance was uh, the comprehensive economic development policy. That is probably a, a fluid uh, policy that we need to be sure that we keep current and uh, even ahead of the curve uh, with uh, in regards to other cities. Okay. All right. Mr. Lewis. Thank you, Mayor. Um, yes, sir. As I was going through and preparing for today, I did, since this is going to be a public-facing document, mm -hmm. I wanted to see if, what Council's thoughts would be on adding a, a new header that we didn't necessarily discuss. And that would be something related to regional mobility or, or Mansfield mobility and pull the infrastructure piece out of rather than it sitting underneath focusing on the future, mm -hmm. it being a like the very top thing so that when our residents see the things that we're focused on, we're talking about it, we should be talking about it in everything that we do, that we are focused on regional mobility, interconnectivity between neighborhoods, all of those things. And that would free up some space maybe as bullet points under the focusing on the future piece for this um, I do think the future land use plan is is kind of top priority for the year um, and then um, connect with the next generation of Mansfield residents to build housing job and entertainment opportunities for them so okay the uh, hourglass bullet point all so, right I only had two to put under that because I pulled the infrastructure piece out okay. separate. Okay. All right. I have the um, future land use plan. I think that's important. It's my number one. I think that uh, number two, um, the inclusion, being inclusive of all multi-generational assets within the city, rec center program, all of that. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's important. Um, three. I would be uh, proud to rise the city councils and uh, city staff's continuous learning because I think that helps us to move forward. Um, also, I think it's important to um, for, to uh, recall the um, resident survey results. I think that, of course, when, when we are up to snuff on that information, and it's good that we get that data, and I appreciate it, then it helps us to be better advocates for uh, what uh, the needs of our community are. So that's that's the only reason that's number four. And then um, recruit um, STEM career fields uh, to the city would be my five. And then I would also definitely want uh, to make sure that we remain competitive in recruitment efforts for the city staff. So that would round out uh, the ones that really stuck out for us. Michael. Okay. So now we, we heard something from um, Mr. Lewis as well as Ms. Bounds. So let's talk a bit about that. Where, where what Miss um, Bounds did was, again, she just, she just took the categories and she said five for five. Is that right? So, so we'll, we'll need to see that in black and white, see what that looks like, the five for five looks like. So we'll be able to uh, give it. Uh, the kind of attention that it deserves, Ms. Tamra. Well, let me just say that um, I didn't see some of these X stop on here, but <clears throat> the one that is be in inclusive for all is one that I chose. Yes, ma'am. Um, 
create, um, I think for the recall resident survey results would have been one that I would have done and connect with uh, the generation now, which is fix the hourglass would have been mine as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's my three. Okay. Um, if we're if we're looking at what exactly was written. Yes, ma'am. All right. So now in regard to Mr. Lewis, thank you for that, ma'am. What Mr. Lewis is asking for is that we, we actually just j just pull a category and kind of make that our, our capstone. Am I right? Is that what you're saying, buddy? I, I would call it something in the effects of mobility or infrastructure, something along those lines as, you know, we've got focusing on the future, building strong neighborhoods, improving regional mobility, something along those lines, and then we can talk about the bullet points that we're doing within that because every one of the categories had something related to infrastructure in it. Okay. Um, so that would be my suggestion. Okay. Um, other than that, I'd, only other comment is not to make these, we're going to do all of these things, right? This is the public facing piece that we're telling the public, these are the priorities. So I think that the things that we're putting in there should reflect the results of that survey and things that we know are important to our community. Um, because we're, we're all going to be, still be learning, continuously learning, right? Do we need to have that as the public facing when somebody is on our website or at the library or whatever? Is that necessarily the top thing that they care about more than us taking care of the roads, right? Sure. You know, just, and, and again, in this discussion, I think that that, that could be, be one. I don't know if, if for me and maybe others can speak, I think, it, I think it definitely needs to be a category that we look at. I don't know if it would be, for me, the one. It would be one of the ones, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, that um, what, what you're talking about, making it a, if, if that was the, the big heading. Oh, no, it's one of the five. Okay, okay, my bad. Yeah, okay, gotcha. One of the five. I well, think one of the ones that we have on here is like tools for implementation. Right. Our community doesn't necessarily care what tools right. we have to implement. So you're saying make that one of the five. I'm saying maybe okay, replace. Well, yeah. Yeah, well, from this chair, I got you. Go ahead, Ms. Short. I, I feel like we could combine three of these into one because That's here. we're talking about being inclusive for all and multi-generational. Mm -hmm. And then we've also got, um, you know, fixing the hourglass, and that has to do with generation. I think that's right. And then I think that goes right along with the continuous learning and, and the trends and innovations to see how to make all that happen. So mm -hmm. in my mind, those three could be combined into one priority. I think you're that. saying affirmation. We Yes. Faith, bless your heart. You're getting all of this? Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. Great, 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 great. Okay. All right. That's... Our first bit of comments on that. Can, can we recap that? Just, just, just for my, my. No, I think you need to play the tape. I just, I, I just got back. <laughs> I just got back from vacation. Yeah. I want to make sure yeah. I'm hearing everybody right. I don't know. If we can play all that back. Yeah, just, just no, up I think, here. I think you guys did cap off when, and say what you wanted, but <laughs> I, I just want to make sure that we're going to keep all of this. We're going to group these yeah. into smaller groups. Yeah. Okay, so I, I think small area. What I heard is small area plan. And the flup go together, obviously, right? Yeah. What else goes in the category with those two? I don't know if we said anything. 
Small, go ahead. Small area plans. I don't know if we. Julie just said to group. Yeah, I like what Julie. Julie, say again what you said. There you go. I thought that we could group together the um, be inclusive for all because we talk about multi generational and including everyone could be combined with fix the hourglass because it's talking about connecting with the next generation and creating a city they want. I feel like that goes hand in hand with prioritizing the city council and city staff's continuous learning, understanding the trends and innovations because that's the whole point of doing the learning is to make our city something that our next generation wants to inherit and being inclusive. And the um, build a community with residents with special needs, that's the inclusive part also? I believe you're right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Now, Joe, just for clarity, (laughs) Casey, let's hear from you again in in regard to what you're suggesting and then Tamara so so our guy can get it. Go ahead. One more time, buddy. So I would suggest that a an additional category along with focusing on the future building strong neighborhoods etc is improving regional mobility and we could we'll have a discussion on i would assume each one of the points that we're about to see talks about those things so we'll just make sure what of those that we want to put into that category what three bullet points we want to put in under that category we can do that um and then related to the EDC related things, the STEM careers and comprehensive economic de- development plan, those, those actually could go along really well with um, strong economy, which is another bullet point that we have, right? Mm-hmm. So rather than tucking those under this focusing on the future, those get moved down under strong economy. Okay. Separate. Did you say citywide mobility? Because we're limited City. to what we can do regionally. Yeah. Improve citywide mobility. Okay. <clears throat> Good. And Ms. Tim. Go ahead. Is it, are you all, it sounds like you all are right there together, right? Well, we are. Uh, I think exactly what Julie had for combining all of this was about three of mine that I had on here. So I think that that's true with that. And then uh, small areas and uh, the future land use plan, that could go together. But uh, exactly what um, Councilmember Lewis said on the recruit STEM and the careers and develop a comprehensive economic development. I put that under developing a strong economy. All right. Okay. That's good. All right. Mr. Bross. Yes. You, you're okay. I'm, I'm right on board. I, look, look I, me, me and you and I both are saying, yeah, that. Yeah. So that's where Larry and I are. What have been trying to say all this time? <laughs> yeah, I, I know, man. I'm with you. All right. Good deal. All right. Faith. Did you get it? You good? Yep, what I'm you're good. Say. All right, yes, ma'am. I do have a clarifying question, though, for you, Councilman Lewis. For the um, improving citywide mobility, would you like that to replace tools for implementation or be an additional category? I think that's up to the rest of my peers here, but I would think that as I look through the tools for implementation, list and I'm thinking about this as a public citizen that's seeing this at the library or the water stand. they're not going to care about utilization of PIDs, TERS, PFCs, type A sales tax. They're not going to care about any of those tools. We all know that we have them. Staff knows that we have them. Those are the things that we're going to use to implement some of these things. But if I may, somebody sitting at the water desk, I'm going to care more about 
what streets are you fixing? Yeah. What are you doing with sidewalks? So if we want to leave tools on here, great. But just my perspective is we would replace this tools for implementation with increased citywide mobility. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Personally, I don't disagree with that because, again, I think it communicates well. Yeah, so we're agreeing. All right. I think, right. Mayor, just as a suggestion, <clears throat> we could still reference some of those tools for implementation under healthy economy by saying some of the ways in which we'll help growth pay for growth would be this way. the utilization of these particular tools. Uh, okay. Maybe, Go ahead, Julie. Maybe the different tools could be listed under the different categories. You know, if we're talking about mobility specifically, maybe that's where you put in the invest in intersection improvements and traffic signalization and then the other things, like under the economic development, we've got the type A and type B, things like that. Gotcha. Okay, good. All right, I think we're all agreeing. Good. All righty, moving right along. Building strong neighborhoods. All right, building strong neighborhoods. Let me start with Ms. Bounce. I have, which would be emphasized community neighborhood services, but I added ped pedestrian sheds with that. Mm -hmm. um, redevelopment of neighborhoods, focus on downtown, create a sense of place and strong identity for neighborhoods, um, and then protect and preserve neighborhoods. Okay. All right, Mr. Brosh. So I had uh, the three top priorities, if, if that's what we're looking for, yes, uh, was to infill the residential, the transitions, transects are important. Uh, had, uh, uh, and really my top one was focus on downtown parking. Mm -hmm. that, that entire group there. Uh, and then uh, third, create a sense of, of place and strong identity for the neighborhoods. Okay. All right. Vanessa, I'm Go pretty ahead, I'm sure sorry. Mr. Bross just said more rear end angled parking. <clears throat> no, yeah. no. It's, drip, it's dripping off his lips. <laughs> that was a joke for anyone watching. Austin. That. Austin. Yes. All right, Mr. Lewis. So I wrote three things. I'll say those and then try to figure out where they fit into this Go ahead, buddy. list. Um, I said foster neighborhood pride create neighborhoods, not subdivisions, and bring essential commercial services closer to homes. Okay. Um, I think we would do some of that through like infill residential transect development. Okay. Um, the create a brand for neighborhoods and identity, strong sense of place, those are kind of together. Branding and marketing districts, all three of those are kind of that same foster neighborhood pride. Um, support infill mixed use. It's like that we can combine categories. a lot of this too, to be honest with you. Say that again? Looks like we can combine a lot of a lot of these as well. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I have floating around in my head. You good in regard to your yeah. comments? Yes, yeah, sir. I think those three two. that I said cover the majority of the okay. list. Okay, all right. All right, Ms. Short. Okay, yes, I, I think we can combine several things on here as well. 
um, and I don't want to go backwards on this, but <laughs> you're all right. I, in, in looking at everything and, and thinking it through, I think it is important to make sure we get, we really have a strong identity for Mansfield on the whole mm -hmm. before we start working too much on creating the different branding for the different neighborhoods. What I don't want it to happen is to cause any kind of separation. And one area to feel like another area is getting more attention or things like that. So then it's like, oh, you, you're in this area and y'all always get your roads fixed first, you know? So I know that at, at the um, land use plan steering committee meeting, they kind of asked that question, like, how, how do you identify Mansfield? You know, we are blank. So I, f I feel like until we get that nailed down, I, d I don't know how important it is to me for us to to brand the different areas. Yeah, you're right, because just about anything we say or do can and will be held against us in that regard. You're 100% correct. So I, I hear that just, again, from this chair, emphasize community and neighborhood services, uh, create a land assembly policy, and, um, again, focus on downtown. And um, I, I do think that... Um, we can uh, combine uh, quite a few of these just, just into about two or three actual, under two or three headings. They're more, well, than two, but about three headings. So did I get everybody? Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Faith. I'm sorry, yes, can I say one more thing? Go ahead. Yes, ma'am. I, I do feel Good. like if we did, like, I love that we have the downtown or an entertainment district that I don't see any issue with. Sure. It's just when we start going neighborhood, neighborhood. Yeah, you, you, because I think what, what you, Julie, what you've stated is, is something that over the years, you know that, we've had to fight that. So I, I agree with you. Um, I, I think it, it's really going to be nice when we have uh, a cultural arts district, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm really you know, anxious about that in a positive way because I think that helps to further define who we will be and, and how we will be identified to the region, to be honest with you. So I'm with you. Yeah. And I believe the rest of us, yeah, we hear that. All right. All right, Faith. All righty. Developing a strong economy. Right. So what did, where did we end on what two points are coming out of building strong neighborhoods? Faith's going to help us. <laughs> So we'll we'll wait and see what hear what the summary was we'll in that. Back. Okay. All right. okay. Did you hear the question? What he was asking? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to narrow it down and compact it. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Because we've got we've got about eighteen of them. You know. Yes. So. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, I'll start with you, Mr. Lewis. Developing a strong economy, sir. Uh, create unique Mansfield experiences. Destination restaurants, retail, and entertainment, uh -huh. and increase neighborhood connectivity. And I'd go back to the first page. Um, develop a comprehensive economic development policy. Okay. All right. Good. Okay, I'm going to go over to Ms. Short this time. Go ahead, Ms. Short. Yes, I put as number one, create unique experiences, new ideas. 
And then destination retail restaurant, which I think that kind of goes hand in hand with unique create unique experiences. Mm -hmm. And then uh, maintaining strong fiscal policies and ensuring fiscal sustainability through strategic land use. I think those go together. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. All right, Mr. Brosh. And, and I echo what Julie just said. I had marked those two as, as I think they go hand in hand. And that's almost not a developing uh, a strong economy. That's just what it says. It's maintaining. It's, it's what we expect of, of our staff here. Uh, the other two that I had that, that were would bring about Probably the most important to me are the uh, create unique experience, new ideas, and uh, the destination retail, restaurant, and entertainment. All right. All right. Thank you. Ms. Bounds. I combined uh, the maintain strong fiscal policy and ensure fiscal sustainability, like what Councilmember uh, Short and uh, Mr. Broch had said. Um, I put create the unique experiences was one of mine. Um, I agree with Mr. Uh, Councilman Lewis to take the insure interconnectivity and move that over into mobility. Mm -hmm. I put built in Mansfield support local businesses would be my three. Okay. All right. Um, I've got uh, create unique experiences and um, built-in Mansfield support local businesses, MEDC efforts to support Mansfield local Charles. businesses. Yeah, the, the Mansfield first, first uh, Monica. And then uh, maintain strong fiscal policies and financial management is my three. All righty. Got it. Okay, and she's going to tally those. All right. I, I, Go ahead. I Go want ahead. to add in the Mansfield First policy. I didn't say that one, but I think if we just said Mansfield First policy and had it, whatever that looks like. All right. All right. I'm going to start with you, Ms. Short, providing a safe community. We need all of that. Uh, yes. I mean, I, I would definitely want to point out to continue to invest in public safety because I feel like we're doing a really good job at that. <laughs> right now, <laughs> not anything we'll be starting new. Um, and then the na neighborhood design factors, I, th I think that's great. And then um, decentralizing municipal services. I'm not exactly sure how all that looks, but I like the idea of of that being spread out, and I feel like it would give people more of a connection to the city. I agree, Mr. Bross. Well, uh, I agree with with Julie on the invest in public safety, except for the fact that we're investing heavily in the police. Uh, we don't want to forget our our fire and uh, uh, EMS. Uh, and so that's really an important one to me. Uh, work with the medical community. I, I guess because I'm getting older, I, I want to make sure we do. <laughs> I'm yeah. getting at the age. I may need that. 
that help there. So, so I'm I'm seeing that that's that's a high priority, and and it is being well taken care of here. I I still believe we have the best uh, uh, safety team, uh, both teams in town. Uh, we've got the best in the state. Uh, so that uh, those two, and uh, I think for a third. Uh, would be to insert neighborhood designs considered the factors of the passive surveillance uh, and so forth. All righty, Ms. Bounds. I combined invest emergency preparedness with work with local medical community because mm -hmm. I felt like that both of that could be put together. Um, I like ensure that neighborhood design considers factors such as and all the rest of that. Um, and then I, like Council Member Short, think that we uh, do already invest in public safety and we will always continue to do that. Um, I don't see that as being anything exception because that's what we need to be doing. So I added decentralized municipal services. All righty. All right. Mr. Lewis. I also had continued to invest in public safety, spread amenities out to neighborhoods, um, ensure neighborhood design. I would add sidewalks to okay. that list. Um, and one piece with the emergency preparedness, would would that be things like snow plows and all of that type of stuff? I know we, we just increased those things, but um, if you look at the community resident feedback that was was one it seems like every time we we do one we're right around an ice storm so they said that two years ago and then I've, I've gotten comments here just in the last couple of days about you know ice bridge you know streets being closed I think we do a fantastic job but making sure we are at least communicating what we do in that regard all right all right I have as my number one uh, again, it's like everybody else for the most part, invest in public safety. And, and I just, just want to make sure that um, uh, we do just specify that that includes fire and EMS as well. Uh, number two, uh, invest in emergency preparedness. And I agree that uh, that bullet could, should be bind with uh, the local medical community. And that's my two. My third one is decentralized municipal services, spreading amenities out. All right. Any additions? Everybody good? That one? Okay. My only, my only comment yes. is, is uh, Casey had mentioned add, adding sidewalks, and that's in our, our uh, uh, zoning uh, anyway when we do a new neighborhood. Uh, that's a requirement. So that's that's for new, but we're we're actively adding sidewalks in. Okay, our, okay. It already built areas yeah. was my thought. That's correct. Okay. All right, all right. Ms. Bounds, I'm going to start with you, ma'am. On tools for implementation. Yes, ma'am. All right. So I combined invest in the intersection improvements with street connectivity and traffic signalization. So I put all that together. Mm -hmm. um, I did move the, I call it mobility for the traffic flow and more sidewalks. I put that in here as well. Um, and then 
um, intersection improvements, asphalt, thoroughfares, concrete residential streets, significant communication efforts regarding infrastructure. I put them all together yeah. under one, okay. and that's that was my three. Okay. Mr. Bronx? So traffic signalization uh, is important, uh, and it's going to become increasingly important as we uh -huh. continue growing. Uh, if you put the intersection improvements, roadways, uh, whether you put that with the signalization or not, that was my uh, next most important one. And then the uh, asphalt thoroughfares uh, versus concrete residential streets. I think it's important, but we're doing that. Uh -huh. So we're. I think we're tackling that as we are most of the others. You know, the type A and B. Uh, yes, we're very interested in that, but. I suppose until May gets around, we're we're uh, that's in the citizens' control right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm I'm leaving those off at the moment, knowing they're going to be taken care of. Sounds good. Okay, Ms. Short. Uh, yes, I think several of these go with the mobility piece, mm -hmm. and then uh, I think informing the public is huge. Uh, one thing that I remember from going to the conference in San Antonio was the need for instant updates mm -hmm. or it's what people expect nowadays. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the more that we can have people sign up for what they're interested in knowing about and getting those instant updates on road closures or park events or whatever it may be, then I think the better we're going to be doing with the public. And then, uh, I love, the review and revise ordinances, I think that's so important. Uh, you know, we have, we live in changing times and we need to be looking at those all the time to see if they still make sense. And then fostering the strong strategic partnership with other agencies, local, state, and federal. I mean, you can watch the news anytime now and see how important it is that cities know their state reps and state reps have that relationship with the federal representation so that when things happen, we have communication and we don't just have that communication, but we have someone's ear to hear what our needs are here locally. So that's super important. Right. Thank you, ma'am. Mr. Lewis. Thank you, sir. Uh, I had increased neighborhood connectivity. It was from the previous slide. Mm -hmm. um, intersection improvements, which I would lump a lot of these Traffic signalization, all of that mm -hmm. falls under intersection improvements and foster strong partnerships uh, with other agencies. I think we've done a great job explaining, hey, one of the reasons that we're not going all out all at once is because we also recognize everybody that lives in Mansfield also is driving through Arlington and 287 and Fort Worth and everybody else is also doing road construction. So we're trying to minimize that impact over the next five, six years. Um, and to Councilwoman Short's point on the communication piece, being able to give instant updates. Um, I've seen a, a few other cities that have similar, like this is their council priorities and goals. Um, I'd ask if staff could have um, some thoughts on how we will receive updates toward those priorities throughout the year that are made public. I know we already get like our quarterly reports, but if there's maybe a section within that that's an update on these five initiatives, Mm -hmm. um, I think that would go a long way to saying, hey, here's exactly what we're doing right now over the next three months when it comes to roads. 
Um, and then like Arlington is doing a meeting at Summit High School this week about Turner Warnell expansion. So um, if there are things that was, we're doing similar ones, um, you know, we did Holland Road, but I don't think we had a community meeting to discuss what was Holland yeah. was going to look like. So um, they they know we're going to be doing it. We're telling them we're going to be doing it. As much communication as we can have with our public about the projects that are going to most directly impact them as things are torn up, I think we should be putting in those efforts. That's good. All right. Did I miss anybody? Did I get get everybody down there? Okay. All right. Um, for me, number one, I combined um, intersection improvements, roadways, asphalt, um, significant communications um, regarding infrastructure. I combined that uh, traffic signalization invest in intersection investment. So I put all that under my number one. Number two, utilization of PIDs, TERS, uh, PFCs. Again, I combined those. That would be my two, three, the um, review and revise ordinances, quarterly updates. I combine that with uh, make a greater effort to inform the publics, my three. And then the um, piece regarding type A, type B, that would be my four. So, you know, technically all of them, didn't I? So anyway, but um, <laughs> all of it's important, especially the regional aspect. Is very important, those partnerships. I have learned that. So that'll be five, but really not need to be five, but since I didn't have any other category to put it in, so thumbs up. So for, for Faith's, and most importantly for mine, I won't speak for Faith, she probably understands everything. Tools for implementation will become the mobility header, right? right. So all of the things that you've mentioned, and, and Mr. Lewis, you dragged some things over from the first one over into here. All of those will become, we'll subgroup those mm -hmm. somehow that it makes sense. Uh, and for the, there are a couple that I would, I would recommend that maybe we move to focusing on the future, like okay. um, <clears throat> the review and revise ordinances, focus on the future, making sure that all of the laws of the city are up to date and take into consideration the time in which we live. Uh, make a greater effort to inform the public. Maybe that's part of focusing on the future and our efforts to make sure that the public comes with us on all of these journeys. Um, then I thought I had another one. Um, um, the strong strategic partnerships. Uh, I think we should always be doing that. They, that could fit just about anywhere, but if we put that under focusing on the future and making sure that we're calling out how we're gonna be supportive of and involved with our uh, local, state, national rep, uh, reps, maybe that helps. Maybe that stays here. Uh, it's up to you guys. Um, I think that's, that's the only recommendation that I'd have. Okay. All right. Faith, are you, you okay? Yes, sir. All right. Everybody good? Okay. All right. Thank you very I much. I appreciate it. I work on consolidating all of these. Yes, ma'am. And Faith, we can have these updated and back to them by when? When do you think we can do that? Um, Friday. Friday. Mm -hmm. Is that okay with council? Get them good. to you on Friday. And then we'll, we'll make sure they have them on Friday and we'll include something on the Monday uh, field notes that are bi-weekly. 
Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Discussion regarding the March 6, 2023 consent agenda items. One, two. What do we have? Uh, everybody want to pull them? No, no on this side. To my left. Everybody good. Everybody good. All right, Ms. Julie, you good, my friend? Okay. All right. All right. Great. All right, then. We will recess into executive session pursuant to Section 551.071. The Texas Government Code, the Council reserves the right to convene an executive session from time to time as deemed necessary during this meeting for any posted agenda item to receive advice from its attorney as permitted by law to discuss the following. A pending or contemplated litigation or to seek the advice of the city attorney pursuant to section 551.071. Seek advice of the city attorney regarding pending litigation cause number 348-270155-14. Advice from the city attorney regarding cause number uh, 3 by 20 CV 2601 NBK cause number 348 3257192121 and cause number 4 by 23CV00131-0. Uh, seek advice of the city attorney regarding disputed claims and or contemplated litigation related to fire station number 5. Seek advice of the city attorney regarding legal duties, responsibilities, and authority of elected officials. Seek advice of city attorney regarding legal issues pertaining to economic development projects listed in section 3D of the agenda. Discussion regarding the possible purchase, exchange, lease, or value of real property pursuant to section 551.072, land acquisition for future development personnel matters pursuant to section 551.074, board appointments. Uh, D, a deliberation regarding commercial or a financial information received from or the offer of a financial or other incentive made to a business prospect seeking to locate, stay, or expand in or near the territory of the city and uh, with which the city is conducting economic development negotiations pursuant to Section 551.087, Economic Development Project uh, Number 1502, 21-09, 21-33, 22-12, 22-18, and 22-19. The Council will now uh, recess into executive session at uh, 3.51 p.m.
Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are going to, um, at this time, reconvene into our regular business session at 7.02 uh, p.m. We will have our invocation by Mr. <clears throat> Ken Butler, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and then we'll have our, a Pledge of Allegiance by Mr. Lewis, and um, we'll have our Texas Pledge by Ms. Bounds, and then we will move into our proclamations. Let us all stand together, and as is our custom, if you would please remove your hats if you have any during the prayer time and the Pledge of Allegiance. and just so thankful for the, the progress and the growth we're seeing in the city of Mansfield. We thank you for the leadership you provided to the city. We thank you for each uh, council member, our mayor, God, for their leadership. And we just thank you for the opportunity to come and serve a community like this where we're seeing um, lives being changed, people working together for the betterment of our city. We pray you bless this meeting tonight. Let it move forward with unity uh, and just with uh, everyone being uh, working together to make Mansfield the greatest community uh, we can live in. We thank you for that in your name. Amen. Amen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Honor the Texas flag. I pledge allegiance to thee, Texas, one state, under God, one and indivisible. All right. Mr. Butler, you mind telling us what God is doing through the FCA, sir? Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor. Um, just thank you, Council, for allowing us to have a few minutes tonight to, to share. You know, FCA has been around a long, long time, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We've been uh, in existence for about 70 years. But we are seeing growth um, in, our, in our area, and then especially in the city of Mansfield, like we've never seen before. Um, our students, our coaches, our administrators are, are hungry for people to come and serve and, and bring something positive to their campus. And so uh, I'm just thankful for the support from our, 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 our mayor and our council. Many of you guys have helped, uh, helped FCA move forward in the city of Mansfield. We're seeing students show up in, in unprecedented numbers, which um, I've been around FCA for about 20 years. Many of those as a volunteer, now seven as a staff person for this area. And, you know, some, Mansfield Summit is a great example where we spent many years uh, having FCA, but kind of inconsistently. But since we've been able to start it back up after COVID last spring, literally it's been one year ago last week, we started the FCA back up at Summit High School with 20 students. And uh, last week, uh, we had 260 students in the gymnasium for FCA because the students are hungry. They want something positive to be a part of. And I'm thankful for our, our local staff, uh, Sylvester Stemley, who's been, who's been in Mansfield for many years and has served Mansfield in, in numerous capacities. He's joined our staff and is serving our schools here in Mansfield in a tremendous way. Just, just last week alone, we had uh, about 1,500 students across the district involved with FCA at our middle schools and high schools. And so I'm just thankful for the city, for our school district, for Dr. Cantu and her team for allowing us to have uh, the, the privilege to serve our students. And I'm thankful for the leadership here. We had a, a leadership summit here a few weeks ago over at Encore Event Center and and Representative Cook and Mayor Evans came and they spoke to our leadership students here in Mansfield about 
you know, what, it's, what it means to be a leader in a community and also be a person that's following Jesus. And, I, and I'm thankful we have leadership like that in our city. So, again, thank you for your support. If anyone needs any more information about FCA, uh, I'm available and around, and I'm happy to answer any questions that you guys may have as well. Again, good evening to everyone. It's good to see each and every one of you. And of course, this is a, this is a very special day. Uh, we have Judge L. Clifford Davis, uh, who is here with us today. And we have a very important proclamation uh, to uh, offer to this civil rights giant. And um, I would ask if you all would help me, Brother Randolph, you all would help me to bring Judge uh, forward so that we can and present uh, this to him. It's also good to have the men of Omega Sci-Fi with us as well uh, today uh, representing. Yes, we can bring him right here. All right, Judge. Thank you so very much. I don't know if you remember or not, but Judge Davis uh, swore me in, and I appreciated him. And uh, let me just read a little bit uh, just to share why, Judge, in regard to this proclamation to you, sir. Whereas Judge L. Clifford Davis was born in Wilton, Arkansas in 1924 and is a living civil rights legend who fought segregation in Tarrant County School Districts, whereas Judge L. Clifford Davis graduated from Howard University in 1949, and whereas he became a licensed attorney in Texas in 1953, and in 1954, he moved to Fort Worth, where he was one of only uh, two black lawyers in the entire city, and whereas in 1956, he filed Jackson uh, L. Uh, versus uh, Rawdon in the U.S. Uh, District Court in Dallas, a suit that resulted in the desegregation of the Mansfield Independent School District. In 1959, he filed Flax versus Potts, another federal civil rights suit, which led to the desegregation of the Fort Worth Independent School District. Whereas in the 1960s, he became one of the first black lawyers to join the Tarrant County Bar Association. In 1983, he ascended to the Texas District Court bench, becoming one of the first black state district judges in Tarrant County, where he served on the bench until 1988. Now, therefore, I'm Michael Evans, mayor of the city of Mansfield, Texas, joined with the members of the city council to hereby recognize and honor the honorable retired Judge L. Clifford Davis in Mansfield and I ask all residents to join in the celebration of life a life devoted to fighting to fulfill the guiding principles established by our founding fathers, that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In witness whereof, I have hereto set my hand and caused the official seal of the city of Mansfield, Texas, to be affixed this sixth day of March, 2023. Ladies and gentlemen, Judge L. Clifford Davis.
Let's, let's try to. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll conform to where he is. Yes. Judge Davis, would you like to have words, sir? Mr. Mayor and members of the council and the citizens of Mansfield, uh, I, my <clears throat> command of the English language doesn't give me a word that expresses my joy and appreciation for this uh, resolution that you have given to me tonight. Let me say this to you. Uh, I have uh, and have had since high school days in the early 1940s a, a belief in, uh, is founded in the Constitution of the United States. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union. And my thought has always been since that time that it is an evolutionary process and we are still to this day making changes and improving and working on achieving that mission of perfecting the union. And it ends up saying work for the general welfare. And I have spent a career working for the general welfare as an advocate for the principles that are announced in that uh, opening, par opening uh, chapter of our Constitution, working for the freedom, justice, liberty, tranquility for the general welfare of the total population. That's been my dedication, and I wish to express appreciation for the citizens of Mansfield who seem to be trying hard to carry out their part of that mission. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Let me say one other thing. Uh, he said in this resolution, I was born in 1924, so that lets you know I'm 98 years old. So uh, I don't stay out late. So if, if you all... You don't want to stay out late either. I promise you that. If you all excuse me if I leave before the yes, end of the council meeting, right. I would appreciate it. It's all good, Jerry. Thank you. All right. You are welcome. You are welcome. All right. Come on, fellas. We also have Reverend Floyd Moody, who is, who is the, the, the remaining, the, the last person uh, that, uh, from that group that attempted to integrate the schools in 56, still alive and well, and he is with us here today, Pastor Floyd Moody as well. Mansfield product. Come on in, y'all. I, I know I'm an alpha, but y'all are right. <laughs> We need alpha and Thank you all. Thank you. All right, thank you. Thank you. Bless you all. All right. All right. No, man, please. We, we on these shows. Bless you. All right. Thank you so much. All right.
Another great organization. All right. All right. Outstanding. All right. Thank you all very much. All right. We have another great organization. It's the American Red Cross. Whereas during American Red Cross Month, this is the month of March, we're going to ask those who are, come on, come on, my friend, and anybody else with the American Red Cross, please come and join us. All right, come right on, buddy. All right, good to have you today. All right. All right. During American Red Cross Month in March, we celebrate the humanitarian spirit of Mansfield, and whereas a caring for one another is at the heart of our community and exemplified by the people of Mansfield, whose simple acts of kindness through the Red Cross provide help and hope in people's most difficult moments, continuing the life-saving legacy of Clara Barton, who founded the organization more than 140 years ago to prevent and alleviate human suffering. And whereas every day uh, these ordinary individuals lend a helping hand to make an extraordinary difference for neighbors in need, whether it is providing emergency shelter, donating life-saving blood for cancer patients, or supporting military members and veterans, along with their families and caregivers. Whereas their support, volunteerism, and generous donations are critical to our community's resilience. Uh, now, therefore, I'm Michael Evans, mayor of the city of Mansfield, Texas, joined with members of our city council to hereby recognize and proclaim the month of March as American Red Cross Month in Mansfield, and I encourage all citizens to embrace the Red Cross's mission and seek opportunities to perform simple acts of kindness for others. Let's put our hands together for the American Red Cross. Well, I'd like to thank you, Mayor Evans and City Council, uh, for helping us. Um, I had this whole speech planned, uh, uh, but for helping us recognize the humanitarian um, spirit of Mansfield and making sure that with the Red Cross and Mansfield that no one goes through a crisis alone. So thank you so much for making this proclamation and recognizing the Red Cross. Thank you. Thank you for what you do. Here, we'll come in here together. That's also a note for Women's History Month, too, isn't it? Uh -huh. Yes. Thank you, ma'am. Um, 
citizens' comments, citizens wishing to address the council on non-public hearing agenda items and items not on the agenda may do so at this time <clears throat> due to regulations of the Texas Open Meetings Act. Please do not expect a response from the council as we're not able to do so. This will be your only opportunity to speak unless you are speaking on a scheduled public hearing item. After the close of the citizen comment portion of the meeting, only comments related to public hearings will be heard. All comments are limited to five minutes. In order to be recognized during citizen comments or during a public hearing, applicants included, please complete a blue or a yellow card located at the entrance of the chambers and present it to the Assistant City Secretary, seated to my right and to your left. As a reminder, this will be your only opportunity to speak uh, at this time, uh, unless, again, it is a public hearing item. The Council may not respond due to regulations of the Texas Open Meetings Act. Ms. Marin, do we have any cards? All right, seeing none. All right, Council announcements. Ms. Short? Yes. All right, Mr. Lewis? None for me, sir. All right, Mr. Tanuka is absent today. Ms. Bounds. None for me, Mayor. Mr. Brosh. None for me. And I have none. Moving right to item 12, staff comments. Mr. Smolenski, do we have staff comments? Yes, Mayor. Jason Alexander is going to come down and uh, give you guys an update on the future land use plan. Thank you, Mr. Smolenski. Good evening, Honorable Mayor, City Council. This evening, we want to provide you with an update on the future land use plan. Rather than staff provide you with that update, we have two members of our steering committee with us tonight, Dr. Maria Martinez-Casio and Dr. Nikki Lewis, who want to share their observations and reflections with you all this evening. All right. Ms. Casio, Ms. Lewis. That's right. Come on up and represent. Thank you, Mayor and Council Thank members. You. It's really Thank been you, a pleasure to participate in this process. I'm Maria martinez Cosillo, almost 19-year resident here in Mansfield. Uh, what brought me here, uh, what our family here, it's an opportunity to teach at the university just down the street, um, but also um, the school district here, the quality of life here, the parks, you know, all of those kinds of amenities that we saw in our community. So participating in this plan as a citizen, it's, again, my privilege and honor. Um, I attended a, the community engagement has been very high. I've been very impressed with the way that the consultant and our staff have been really engaging the community, um, both through the library. I attended the library sessions, um, but also the online component. And I'm really encouraged by the ways that we're making opportunities for residents that may not be able to leave their homes or may not be able to leave at night um, to contribute to this plan. So just wanted to share a couple of things um, because part of my work is about cities and how cities grow and change. Um, and Mansfield is growing because Texas continues to grow. The, the DFW Arlington metro area grew by 20% in 2021, leading the nation in growth for the fourth year in a row. What will set us apart from all of the other Texas cities that are also growing? Um, what will our plans be? What kind of flexibility will we allow for our city to adapt to changes that are happening so quickly um, that it's hard for us sometimes to envision what that future will look like? How do we do that? Um, but also, how do we continue to think about who we are and who we want to keep here. So, for example, our young people. You know, can they afford to stay here in Mansfield? Um, but also for people like me. Um, so I'm kind of the tail end of the boomer. And when you think about um, the aging of our population, 20% of Texas population will be over 60 by 2030. 
That's when boomers will be 65 years or older. Some are calling this the 2030 problem. I think about that as a 2030 opportunity because as you know, as boomers, and I don't know if any of you guys are, um, as boomers, we are not ones to stay sedentary. We wanna be active, we wanna be engaged. We want to see the kinds of amenities and opportunities that would keep us in the communities that raised our kids where we are embedded and engaged um, in all kinds of other things. So as we think about that 2030 uh, issue, uh, I want you to think about the flexibility again, not just in housing, but amenities and opportunities that would keep various components of our community here. Now, the Texas demographers shared data that also suggests that the suburban Texas rings are also some of the fastest growing. So that's our competition, right? We have Denton, Collin, Kaufman, Rockwall. They grew from 32 to 106%. So when you think about migration, right, we're adding about 1,000 people per day to our region. A thousand people are thinking about where they want to live in our region because there's jobs here. There's opportunities here. So how do we compete for that? Now, 34% is net migration. 48% are our own neighbors. People are moving, right, and looking for what other communities are providing for their kids, for them as they go through their changes in life. So again, as we go through this plan and as our residents contribute to that plan, I encourage you to think about how do we maintain flexibility, opportunity to capitalize on all that we have, but also all that we could be. So I'm excited to continue to work with our amazing city staff. Um, our planning director has been great in, in helping us understand this process, and I look forward to continuing to help with it. So thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Good evening, Mayor and Council. Nikki Lewis, 1220 Woodside. The Oaks Preserve subdivision, which is, which is now located in the section of town, coined the Western Promise. That's right. And I plan to hold you to it. <laughs> My family and I relocated here from Maryland because word has spread far and wide about the beauty of Mansfield and all it has to offer. Prior to relocating here, I researched and reached out to city staff we spoke about code and regulations. I watched hours of archived city council meetings because I wanted to learn and understand the tone and the tenor of council members who have been selected to serve. I even watched clippings of your mayoral race mayor so that I could understand leadership and future plans. Because I wanted to know what Mansfield was all about, about its leadership, about its community and about its citizens. And two years later, after all of that research and much prayer, my family relocated here to Mansfield. And oftentimes I look back and I say, oh my goodness, how did we make this bold decision to move across the country? And I'm reminded by my 15-year-old daughter that mom, we didn't choose Mansfield, Mansfield chose us. And with that comes great responsibility a responsibility to serve, which is why I'm, must, mo I'm most honored to be a part of the future long-range planning community committee. Sorry. Though still in its infantile stages, we've gathered, provided vision, and began to lay the framework for the months to come. We've been given our charge by the planning director and by you all as, as leaders of this community to think big, to dream, Next level vision was the charge that we were given, and that's exactly what we intend to do. 
In my neighborhood in, in Maryland, walkability was the common denominator in most of our communities. My daughter's school was right across the street from her. We could walk to stores. We could get to our neighbor's house within the blink of an eye. Here in Mansfield, we have the opportunity to do just that. We hear complaints about traffic. We hear complaints about the growth. Growth is good when it's planned, when it's planned accurately. Oftentimes, we can cut down on that when we make sure services are provided in each quadrant of the city. In my quadrant of the city, for instance, the Western Promise takes quite a bit of time to get to a grocery store. I'm hoping that our future long-range plan will take things such as that into consideration. Things like that will definitely cut down on traffic times. I'd like to thank you all again for this wonderful opportunity to serve, and I look forward to providing more substantial updates as the process continues to unfold. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you very much. All right, Mr. Alexander. Thank you so much, Mayor. I couldn't have said it better than these two ladies did this evening. And I would just come back before you as a body and say how pleased staff is to work with the residents of this community in terms of shaping our future, not just for the next few years, but for decades. You dared us as a staff, as a community, to dream big. That's what we are doing, and we look forward to delivering an awesome future land use plan that will help us make positive land use decisions and recommendations moving forward. So thank you this evening. Thank you very much. All right, are there others, sir? No, sir, that, that's all we have for staff comments, Mayor. All right. Outstanding. Thank you both. All right. Um, we move now to item 13 and take action necessary pursuant to executive session. Is there any action um, to take council pursuant to executive session? All right. Hearing none, seeing none, we will move then to item number 14 to the consent agenda. All matters listed under the consent agenda, they have been previously discussed, require little or no deliberation, and are uh, considered to be routine by the council. If discussion is desired, then an item will be removed from the consent agenda and considered separately. Otherwise, approval of the consent agenda authorizes the city manager to implement each item in accordance with staff's recommendation. Council, are there any items that you would like to be removed at this time? All right, hearing none, I'm ready to receive a motion. Motion to approve. Thank you, Ms. Bounds. Second. Thank you, Ms. Short. All right, question, hearing none, please cast your vote. All right, that item carries 5-0. Thank you very much. <clears throat> we move now to item 15, item 22-5106. A resolution, resolution of the City of Mansfield, Texas, approving an economic development agreement between the City of Mansfield, the Mansfield Economic Development Corporation, and Crystal Window and Door Systems, Texas, authorizing the city manager or his designee and MEDC president to execute said agreement and providing an effective date. Mr. Moore. Good evening, Mayor and City Council. I'm excited to present this project to you with Crystal Window and Door Systems. Not only does this project deliver higher paying jobs in engineering and advanced manufacturing, but it also delivers a regional corporate headquarters in Mansfield. Uh, 
Not to mention, they're doing so on a 44-acre tract that we lovingly refer to as the mushroom property, a property we were told, Mayor, that Joe Exotic himself was once considering for his Wynwood Animal Park. Or maybe the story goes that Joe Exotic was just looking for mushrooms. Um, either way, we're glad he didn't pursue it. And we're very excited for Council to consider this agreement to plant their, their Texas flag right here in Mansfield. So what I'd like to do is, is walk through the, the deal points on this project. This is a $136 million capital investment with 650,000 square feet of advanced manufacturing space and a two-story regional headquarters. As part of the agreement, you'll remember we did a bid, public bid back in September of 22. <clears throat> the bid came in at $5 a square foot. We did have another bid that came in at $7.50 a square foot. Based on the considerations that were given in the bid proposal, Council awarded the right to purchase um, or to sell the property to Crystal Window pending an economic development agreement. Back in, in October, November, December of last year, you created a reinvestment zone for this property so that when the sale takes place, the tax abatement agreement can take place. The Crystal Window and Door Systems will also seek county and state considerations for incentives to make this project a reality. I did want to mention on this slide that the appraisal that we did back in 2021 valued the property at $2.70 a square foot. And again, they're paying $5 a square foot for this property. In terms of the agreement, company will purchase the property, $5 a square foot. They'll construct the facility within a six-year timeline. They'll provide 650 full-time jobs. Uh, they'll pay all their fees and costs associated with the development as required by the ordinance. The city will uh, provide a tax abatement agreement once they become the owners for the first five years at 75% of the city's portion of ad valorem taxes and then 50% the next five years for a 10-year total. Construction sales tax, which is typical in our agreements, uh, we've uh, included that as if they can source the project sales tax to Mansfield, we'll give them a portion of that sales tax back. And then MEDC will provide a development fee grant in an amount equal to 50% of what, the, what is paid by the company not to exceed 750000 and that will occur over the phases as they're approved and, and receive a certificate of occupancy. There's a job creation grant uh, for $2,500 per full-time equivalent for the first 120 employed at the corporate headquarters. And there's an infrastructure grant in an amount equal to 50% of the actual cost. The infrastructure um, over the full phase of project is significant uh, because of the fire lanes and the amount of infrastructure that's required to get to the site. It's surrounded by railroad and rail spurs on the north. And so the infrastructure is significant. And then finally, an annual grant for 10 years um, from MEDC in an amount equal to what's being paid in the city taxes, first five um, this is following the expiration of the tax abatement agreement, uh, five years at 75% valued of the city's portion of ad valorem and then 50% the next five. So with that, Mayor, I'll ask if there's any questions. All right, on my right, are there any questions for Mr. Moore? Okay, on my left, any questions for Mr. Moore? All right, thank you. Great, great job. All right, I'll call for a motion at this time. Move to approve. Thank you, Mr. Second. Cross. Thank you, Ms. Short.
All right, questions? Hearing none, please cast your vote. And that motion carries 5-0. We're at item 23-5234, resolution of the city. A council of the uh, city of Mansfield, Texas, authorizing the appropriation and allocation of American Rescue Plan Act funding to specific projects, authorizing the city manager or his designee to uh, negotiate and execute a lease agreement and other uh, documents necessary to implement this resolution and providing an effective date. Mr. Listina. Good evening, Mayor and Council. Uh, what we have before you tonight uh, is the authorization and the appropriation of the American Rescue Plan money. Uh, if you'll recall, the city received a little over six and a half million dollars in two different tranches over two years. Um, and what we presented to you at our strategic visioning workshop uh, were several projects uh, that were appropriate for uh, what we call ARPA or American Rescue Plan Act funding. Um, and so what we're going to present to you tonight are those projects that we agreed upon um, and just go through those again uh, for everybody to see those. So the first one was the sensory, sensory friendly events. Uh, the request there is $32,000 and so that is uh, sensory friendly training tools and then cer certification, golly I can't say that word tonight, certification for events, art venues, programs, and staff, along with equipment as well, to make events more sensory-friendly sensory uh, for those uh, individuals that would need that. Um, we talked about why, why it's important to become certified. Those things are up here. You guys uh, are all aware of those. And again, um, this is for all ages, right, from the young uh, to the old. And so that was the first uh, project that was uh, presented and agreed upon. The second project that was presented and agreed upon was the uh, trial of an art gallery in our downtown area. A space has been identified um, that we potentially would lease uh, for a year to uh, see how that would work. Uh, unfortunately, I have bad news, that space has been leased. However, uh, staff is looking at other viable spaces within the downtown area. Uh, so if you would like to, we will continue forward moving with, moving forward with this particular project, uh, looking for another space. But before that lease is signed, we would then come back and just confirm with you all uh, which particular space staff has located uh, and would decide where to put this. But we will bring that back to you before that lease is executed, uh, since it is a different space than what was presented. Um, again. This is uh, in the downtown area. It's uh, test marketing initiatives and programming for the space, determining what opportunities uh, could be utilized, and then to utilize uh, some of the events that are already downtown uh, that happen at Far Best, and now with the uh, restaurants that are starting to pop up down there to kind of create a, uh, an all-around uh, event down there. Um, the final uh, project that was approved uh, and agreed upon were the Catherine Rose Memorial Park improvements. Uh, I think you'll all remember the video of the young lady uh, who said, what else, what else, what else? Let's make it remarkable. I think everybody remembers that video that uh, Matt Young and, and his staff showed. Um, here is just a uh, brief layout. Again, this isn't, uh, this isn't, north is not to the top. Remember that, north is over here uh, on my right and your left and then south, and that's Walnut Creek 
uh, right there running in between uh, the park, just to orient everybody of, of where you're at that's not north at the top. Um, again, moving uh, various amenities across the street to Hardy Almond. Uh, what is Hardy Almond today? It'll still be Hardy Almond, but we'll have uh, pickleball courts, basketball courts, sand volleyball courts, and tennis courts over there. Expanded parking on both sides, uh, new restrooms uh, on both sides, and then large pavilions, and an enhanced uh, walk uh, trail um, using the existing trail that's already there, but enhancing that as well uh, with, uh, play, with storybook trail and play nooks. Um, and those are the three projects uh, that were presented and are part of your resolution uh, that is before you tonight. All right, thank with you. With that, I'll entertain any questions. All right, go ahead, Ms. Short. I only had one question about the sensory sensitive. Um, yes, ma'am. It includes the tent as well for that price. Right? Yes, ma'am. The $32,000 does include the tent. Uh, the initial phase will be the training, getting the bags that uh, you were shown, and then uh, after that, they would work on getting the tent and, the, and those other amenities that they had talked about. Okay. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. All right. Mr. Lewis, did you have a question? All right. To my right, everybody good? All right. I'll call for the motion then. Move to approve. Thank you, Ms. Short. Second. Thank you, Ms. Bounds. All right, questions, hearing none, please cast your vote. And the item carries 5-0. Thank you, Council. All right, we now move to public hearing, item 16. Item 23-5217, public hearing and consideration <laughs> of a request for specific use permit for apartments in the Reserve PD, Plan Development District, Central Subdistrict, on approximately 9.292 acres being a tract of land in the Richard Bratton Survey, abstract number 114, City of Mansfield, in Tarrant County, Texas, located at 151 North Miller, uh, north and west of the intersection of Heritage Parkway and North Miller Road. <coughs> SUP number 22-006, excuse me. All right, Mr. Alexander. Thank you, Honorable Mayor. Yes, Although we know that one Joe Exotica was looking in the surrounding areas for land for a zoo, that is not the request that is in front of you this evening. Again, it is for a specific use permit for apartments within a reserve PD, and in particular, the central subdistrict. Here's an aerial view of the property. And again, you can see that it's bounded to the east by Miller Road and to the north by future right-of-way for the Cannon Road extension. And it does start to create an opportunity, just looking here from this aerial, to create really a dynamic urban center that starts to form along Matlock Road down into the innovation district that we've already coined the link along Heritage Parkway. Again, the current zoning is PD, which is a reserve plant development district. It's within the central subdistrict. Just some images of the existing site. And here is the site plan. The requests will consist of five buildings with varied building height, three and four stories. The minimum height for multifamily within a reserve PD is three stories. It is a request for 308 total units on a little under 9.3 acres. There are 1,505 dwelling units that are allowed by right within a central subdistrict. And again, you see to 
the north here, the future Cannon Drive extension. Presently, it's proposed to be 70 foot wide with on-street parking, bulb out sidewalks, and street trees starting to create this dynamic streetscape. In terms of the landscaping plan, you can see how the buildings really engage all four sides of the site, and in particular, Miller, the northern future Cannon Drive extension, the future drive to the west, as well as the future drive to the south. There are some strong view quarters that really pull visual interest in from the street, from all four directions, and this is really unique as it does start to set a foundation for future multifamily residential development. In terms of the elevations, you can see here that the buildings are predominantly brick in nature, and I will let the applicants speak a little bit more to design, particularly that of the interior for the leasing office and other non-residential space. One of the things that I would like to point out is that all of the ground floor units have door yards or stoops in front of them to really engage that streetscape and to create something that is very visually stimulating. And here in particular, I would like to pause for a moment. This is the east elevation, and this is the elevation that is fronting Miller Road. It is designed to emulate brownstones and to have a dooryard type area of significant space that would allow for an owner, if they had pets, that Joe Exotica would be proud of, that they could get out and hang out with them. Still sticking on those elevations, you see how it wraps the interior, really starts to form this very well-defined edge along the streetscape. And again, just showing the leasing, or pardon me, the clubhouse, the amenity center. And then in some, the 2012 official land use plan identifies sub-area seven as an area that is capable of accommodating a range of compatible land uses. In other words, mixed use. That mixes employment opportunities with housing, retail, and service uses. There are multiple performance standards within a reserve PD, and those are intentionally crafted to emphasize control over the scale and urban form of each building. And that is with respect to building setback, building size, and height, as well as ensuring that the relationships of buildings are designed in a way that they, again, engage the street. There are 1,505 dwelling units, again, available within the central subdistrict. If this SUP is approved for 308, then that would reduce the maximum number of dwelling units available to 1,197. The Planning and Zoning Commission conducted a public hearing on February 20th, and they voted 502 with two absences to recommend approval with the following conditions. The Department of Planning also recommends approval with the conditions as presented. Those three conditions are as follows. That the future extension of Cannon Drive, i.e. the northernmost thoroughfare, as shown in the site plan running from east to west, shall have a public right-of-way not to exceed 70 feet. And that the future extension of Cannon Drive serving this project shall have design intentions and design speeds that are compatible with those to the east. Second, that the other two proposed thoroughfares, as shown in the site plan, shall have a public right-of-way width not to exceed 60 feet, and that the design intentions and design speeds of the thoroughfares be compatible with the future extension of Cannon Drive to the north. And again, those two conditions, one and two, are intended to really create 
more walkable environment and to support reduced width in the travel lanes for the future Cannon Drive extension as well as the other streets. And finally, that the door yards and stoops provided for all ground floor units provide an entry directly into a living space, a kitchen, family room, et cetera, and not directly into a bedroom. And again, that's to allow for that activity to occur on the outside. And with that, staff will pause and answer any questions city council may have. The applicant is also available and does have a presentation. Council, are there any questions for Mr. Alexander? Mayor. Go ahead, Mr. Lewis. Thank you. Um, Mr. Alexander, I wanted to talk about the, so this is an SUP approval. I want to confirm a couple of things in the zoning district. Um, does the reserve allow for three bedroom units? Um, I think it does, and I can confirm that very quickly. Okay. Um, what about uh, building material standards for, like, I noticed on the interior courtyard uh, elevations, there's a lot of uh, cement siding versus brick. Um, does the zoning code dictate any of those levels? Not necessarily on the interior, but mostly on the facades that are facing the street. Okay. Um, what about, it looked like in one of the renderings I saw that there's an open air breezeway. Are the hallways not all interior? Um, let me see, which one? Sorry, let me pull up those elevations again. There was a certain one I saw it on. You want me to go back um, a few more? Building see? one, the north elevation, the east elevation, and the west, or sorry, yeah, the north and the east elevation images it looks like there is an open breeze open air breezeway rather than having all of the interior hallway same with the building to west elevation are those is that your understanding of those as well i don't think that's my understanding but i certainly yield to the developer that's here okay um can you talk through i, I know you and your staff have probably gone through several rounds with the developer on the architectural elements. Can you talk about those discussions and how we landed on all of the buildings relatively being the same architecture? So we worked extensively with the developer and his architect, and the desire was, again, to start to create this nexus of activity that doesn't currently exist within the central sub-district, but building upon the premise of the central sub-district. So one of the things that we focused on to the east there along Miller was the desire to create more of a brownstone type feel and look. And I know that they have some updated renderings that kind of show that a little bit better, as well as creating this opportunity for pedestrian connectivity into the development and throughout the development, and then kind of creating the exterior elevations in a way, or facades, I should say, that start to engage the street and start to bring the building closer and start to create this strong identity that's reminiscent of some projects that we've seen in the Sound and in Norton Commons. Okay. Um, do you, I can't find it on the site plan. Do you know the distance between the buildings, between building one and building five? 
And the reason I bring it up, I, I actually drove a couple of our projects today that are going that we've put into these similar type standards, uh, Watson Branch and um, I think it's Mason and Mill. And the buildings on paper, they looked like they were closer together, but when you get out there in person, they're pretty far apart. Kind of breaks up the walkable edge because they're, I mean, there's, there's a football field gap between some of the buildings going to a parking lot. Um, just estimating by hand that looks to be somewhere about 180 feet okay um, sure. and that's looking at the corners it wasn't on the site plan I saw PNZ asked for a condition to be made on the site plan for a note that says the walk up units will be to a living space? Yes, sir. If there's a motion today, does that need to be included or is that understood already? If it is approved by city council to be included in that motion, and we've also discussed the same with the developer. Okay. Um, also on the site plan, on Miller, I could not identify um, the street lights. They are clearly marked on the northwest and south sides but i cannot see them pinpointed on miller so will there be street lanterns i think they're a little hard to see but as memory serves me that there are street lights that are near those street trees okay um Those are all the questions I had for Mr. Alexander. I do have some when the developer after okay. they present. Sure. All right, Ms. Bounds, did you have questions? No. Okay. <clears throat> all right. All right, thank you. We are ready to hear from the applicant. Thank you very much. All right. Who's presenting? Just state your name and address and we'll be ready to go. Honorable Mayor, uh, members of the City Council, and uh, Mr. City Manager, City Secretary, I am Dixon Holman, uh, Holman Group, 4025 Woodland Park Boulevard, Arlington, Texas. I'm here to represent Leon Capital Group. Uh, they uh, own the property and uh, are the ones who uh, intend to develop and manage this project. I have a development partner, Mr. Nash Thomas, with me here. He will uh, uh, be up here shortly to uh, discuss some of the things that Councilman Lewis had uh, commented on, as well as, as uh, in addressing any questions that you might have uh, regarding the project. I'm going to go through our presentation. It's very, very similar. In fact, I sent it to all of you, so you've seen the uh, PowerPoint version of it. There is one difference that I'll point out in advance. For one thing I will point out in advance, all of the conditions that planning zoning had, we're fine with. And we, we were fine with those going into the planning zoning commission hearing. So we have no issues with any of those. Uh, also, as far as I know, we were discussing here, uh, the street lights are the same. You just can't see because of the trees they are there, but they either were left off because the trees would block those 
you know, you wouldn't see them because the trees are there. Uh, if, if for some reason they neglected to put them on these renderings, we're fine with those lights being just like the lights all the way around. And so we have no issue with that at all. Uh, and uh, there's one other thing that we'll get to here on Miller in the, this presentation. We've looked at several different uh, color schemes for the exterior of the Miller units to break those up because they're going to be the townhome uh, look with the uh, brownstone, I guess is a better way to put it. And in the presentation that Mr. Alexander showed you, and he did a great job, so I'm not going to be redundant and go through everything that he did. Uh, the, uh, the exteriors were, were brown and earth tones. The one in your presentation that we've shown, which was put together right about the time the PNC hearing took place, uh, based upon some discussions that we've had with Mr. Alexander and the staff to, to maybe look at some, some different uh, type of, uh, of color scheme. Uh, it's a, a lighter gray, grayish brick, but we're fine to work with whatever the preference of the council is as to uh, uh, the color scheme or continue to work with staff regarding that. And so just wanted you to know that in advance. So, all right, we will move forward. You know where the site is, and so we won't uh, go through that again. We do agree, by the way, uh, with designing the streets with the, the uh, thought in mind of, of future design along Cannon specifically, uh, and then our interior streets to, uh, to make those such that they'll be, uh, they'll be enticing for the, the type of uh, uh, walkability and urban landscape we've got, but also we'll have the traffic calming effect of not being uh, you know, very wide streets. They'll be 60 foot or less right of ways. Cannon will be 70 foot or less. Uh, and uh, we're, we're fine with that and, and want to work with the staff to uh, continue to uh, uh, hone that design as we move forward here. Uh, as you see here, this is what would be your, when you look at the plan, this would be your southwest corner. Uh, this, this will be the, the northeast corner of the future uh, intersection uh, that will develop over time uh, down these two roadways that, that converge. So you see that offset, you see a little bit more of a plaza effect. You see that different skin on that, that building that has the uh, deck up on the uh, fourth floor. Uh, that was something we discussed uh, at great length from, from early on with Mr. Alexander and, and uh, the desire to have something a little different uh, and there, the idea is to have co-work space there as well as uh, uh, the, uh, the ability for residents to, uh, to enjoy the, the, the upstairs balcony on the exterior because we'll have a rooftop deck on that, that uh, interior building as well. And as you see, if you see uh, just to, it would be to uh, my left as I'm looking at it, right there next to that, you, have, you would have the uh, uh, commercial space that we want uh, to, to leave broken out. We know there's a desire to be able to drive commercial development. So we've got a portion of the space 
that will finish out in shell form. It will be constructed from the standpoint of its foundation and the standpoint of the plumbing and, and so forth to be able to uh, uh, meet all the code requirements for commercial. So it'll be a little different than, than the standards for the, uh, the residential portion, but we will have that there. Uh, and when the market comes, then that space will be available. All right, this is the, the portion I was talking about on Miller Road. You see the color scheme's a little different. Nothing else is different. It's all the same except for the color. Uh, you saw the uh, other color option, and there may be options in between that as well, but you saw another color option in the presentation that was made to you by Mr. Alexander a few minutes ago. This is the building uh, I think uh, that uh, it, we find most interesting as far as for our residents and their uh, uh, experience. Uh, this this will be our amenities center, and you see the pools, you see the rooftop deck. This is this is very close to what this building will look like, and uh, because there is such a grade change on this property, there's a significant drop from Miller as it moves back to the west, and uh, because of that, you uh, you see that retaining wall. Now I don't want to get anybody concerned that is an interior retaining wall inside the project and uh, it abuts parking places uh, but it also allows even more of a, of a pronounced view of that uh, of that amenity center and so uh, again you've seen these 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 photos uh, these these renderings I uh, elevations I, I I won't belabor them and you can ask questions about it we can go back to it. Uh, there you see how they all uh, will lay out where they fit oriented to this project. Uh, you've seen this plan. Uh, these are the cross sections of, of the landscaping on the streetscape. And you can see the stoop entries uh, and the steps up to the patio units and, and the various plantings. And, and Mr. Thomas can go through uh, any questions you've got about those. The canopy signs are just to set off that corner a little bit more that I showed you in some detail earlier. Uh, and then we've got the blade sign uh, as well on the, on the, the uh, corner of the building there so that we think that will stand out when that intersection comes together and give us a, a uh, prominent place uh, uh, in the uh, orientation of the intersection. Uh, here you see the site plan again. that shows you where the leasing office would be, the club, fitness, roof, co-work space. Uh, and so that you, you know where each of those falls across the, uh, the plan. Uh, these are just floor plans of uh, uh, our leasing office mail room and then the co-work space, as well as the building called the Speakeasy, which is, is really the, uh, another community gathering place and co-work space. Uh, then we have the roof deck, clubhouse, fitness center, uh, these are just representations of the types of finishes that we intend to have. It's going to be a very high-end project and, and one that we believe that uh, you and, the, and the, the citizens of Mansfield would be very proud of when, it, uh, when it's completed. And so with that, I will uh, go ahead and uh, answer any questions if you've got some for me or if you prefer that uh, Mr. Thomas come on up and then you can ask any specific questions and we'll do our best to answer whatever you uh, uh, else that you might have. Okay. All right, Ms. Bounds. Ms. Brosh. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Holman, on the uh, 
the uh, PDFs that you sent to us, uh, I think it's your third picture, and you just know it's your fourth. You just brought it up a few minutes ago. Just to confirm uh, what I think yeah, no, I you're... You, you oh. <laughs> Sorry, Councilman. I'm, I'm high tech just uh, throwing me off here. I'm, <laughs> I saw all the pictures flash and, you know, almost lost my mind. There you go. Thanks. Keep, uh, yes, sir. Keep going. Uh, it, it's just your uh, rendering of the kind of a gray area you said that you said was on the uh, Miller for Miller. Uh, did you say that's an alternative? You're going to have to get me back that way. This goes one way. Dixon, you really like that point. Of yeah, going, it's tell. going one way and Boy, that way is wrong. I tell way. you, happy thumb. There we go. How about that? Does that one work? So that, that one, that's not towards okay. but that will work. The, uh, so you're saying the bottom plan is, is an alternate? Is that what I understood it, you It's say? just an alternate color. If you compare yeah. it to the one that is in yeah. the presentation, yeah. okay. and that's just all of the, the color has been a, a fluid discussion all the way through. Okay. We, we've, we've tried to uh, uh, do our best to uh, work with, with Mr. Alexander and the staff to, to figure out what would really give us that presence and uh, also understand it with with buildings this large, you, you want to try to break up uh, some of the monotony if you can. And so we felt like since these are three-story, uh, all of them along Miller, that they would have, you know, they, might, they would stand out if they were a different color. That's the theory behind that. But again, we're not, you know, we're, we're not going to have a problem one way or the okay. other. Okay. All right. So if, uh, can you tell me what, one HR stands for in the, uh, I believe it's in one of the legends. Uh, What'd you come up with? Which one was that on? Yeah. Let's see. In, let's see, exhibit C. Okay, it's in elevations in. You, you have many uh, different references to one HR, brick veneer wall, one HR cement panel wall. What does one HR stand for? One hour firewall. Yeah. yeah. One, I'm sorry. One hour firewall. The HR is, is. I even thought about hour. that, and I thought, no, it's not. Couldn't be that. It's out of context, though, say, as to what you were looking okay. for. Okay. Uh, so, did anything measuring then you're looking at would be a minimum two inch thick? Uh, right. It'd be I, a believe, I believe that's what, what our yes, sir. zoning calls for. Uh, okay, that's it for now. All right. <laughs> okay, all right, Ms. Short. What do you anticipate the rental rates being for these units? We've talked about that. Why don't you go ahead? Because it's based on the market. We're anticipating day one rents just north of $2 a foot, so about $2.04. Okay. Today's rent's showing about one ninety, so 16 months from now, roughly. Okay, thank you. Welcome. All right, Mr. Lewis. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, this is for either of you. Was there any discussion on Miller Road um, of doing on-street parking or modifying any of the streetscape there, the roadway, right-of-way, any of that? Not to date. We've, we've stuck with the setback as strictly defined at the 25 feet. 
So it's as the code was written and as the streets built, that's what you guys went with. That's correct. And, okay. and it's not a preference on our end. That's something that can be accommodated either way. But um, okay. just as we went with as written. Correct. And excuse me, Mr. Lewis, I'm sorry, your name. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Nash Thomas, uh, Leon Capital Group, 3500 Maple Avenue, Dallas, Texas. Okay. Thank you. Proceed, thank you, Mr. Sir. Lewis. Okay. Thank you. I, I have some general concerns about Miller as it's developing in the reserve with its current width. Um, it's very easy to get up to 60 miles an hour on the street today. Um, you know, it, it, we can post 30 miles an hour all day long, but it's four lanes wide right in front of your project, right? And then even the, uh, even the two lane section that's going to be on the north side, I think I measured the I stepped it off the other day. It's like 35 feet wide. Yeah, for 70, a two foot, lane road. 70 foot right away. I mean, it'll be, yeah. it'll be fast. Um, so it's, it's crazy wide. And then we're, we're already doing a complete street with narrowing cannon in. Are you guys building the street on the west side, cannon extension, and oh. the south side? Are you doing all three streets around your project? Correct. Okay. And those three will be designed to the cannon standards for the complete street for cannon east connecting right that the city's doing I, I don't know the standards of canon yet i know that just went into we're working design. through it right now but yeah. it's good it's to go through um basically from miller up to connect to canon by chick-fil-a if you you see the road section set up top so right now we're looking at a 54 foot right away this is particularly along the south side so seven foot sidewalks eight foot parallel um up to the city, really, okay. uh, but that's one of the roads we've been looking at. Jason, come on. Okay. Council member, if it's okay, we would like to have Raymond Kaufman come up and speak yeah, to that. Absolutely, sure. Yeah, I'll just touch on two things. So going backwards, the, the Cannon Drive section that you're talking about, so if you recall, we talked about having having the bike lanes, the six-foot uh bike lanes on either side so the thought is here as we carry that through across to the west side the idea is that with this section is that we when we design that intersection we'll figure out how to configure that across to the west side of miller but the idea is that the thought is that right now we're thinking we merge the bikes in and have them combine with the vehicles and so the idea is with that section he has, the two 12-foot lanes, you don't have separate bike lanes, but that actually, that actually goes to calming it, even calming the traffic more, merging the bikes in and having them mixed with the vehicles, because in this, this area, we expect the, the traffic speeds to be slower than what they would be um, through the part to the east. That's why we have separate bike lanes to the east. Okay. Did you just say 12-foot wide lanes? Correct. On this you... portion around their buildings? What's that? Or on the northwest and south side, you said both of those lanes are going to be 12-foot wide lanes? Right. That section they have right there where it says 24-foot road, that's two 12-foot lanes. And then some have the 8-foot parallel parking, and then some have 7-foot um, anticipated on the south side. But that's the setup to have two 12-foot lanes, parallel parking, and then sidewalks adjacent to that with the tree wells. Okay. I thought we had had discussions about within the reserve and even going out into SOMA that those lanes in these areas were 10 and 11 feet, not 12. 
Well, in some of these areas like this, as we move into the reserve, some of the areas we have 12 foot lanes with seven foot parking and that doesn't really get striped. So whether that's labeled on there as 11 and eight or 12 and seven, really I think that they, the, the travel lane is shown 24 feet. And as you get to these uh, areas where they taper in at the intersections, the 24 feet is what serves as the fire lane. And so that can be adjusted at, at that location, but in certain locations we can, I mean, that can taper in. I think that's just been to meet with the fire department and carry those 12 foot lanes through. When you have the parallel parking on the side, you, you, need, you need at least some distance with, those, with the parallel parking. Okay. And then do you have any comments about Miller and being able to have on-street parking on Miller where it's already starting to widen? I think it's four lanes today. Yeah, I don't remember the detail right here at this location, but we've talked previously in general about where this, where Miller does go to the four lanes. Uh, we've talked about maybe in the future with this, uh, as a city project, we might entertain a road diet or something like that and see how that would, uh, if the volumes, if that can accommodate the volumes, uh, taking that in and doing some kind of different section for the, for the travel lanes, which would then allow us to have uh, something on the sides like parking, to your point, calming traffic even further. It, it goes to four lanes right at where their project is, is, is where it widens to four. And I drive it every day. I thought, okay. I mean, speeds move very quickly um, through here today before we have done anything through it. So I just can't imagine if we're making a walkable area, good wide sidewalks, we need to figure out with the city and this has nothing to do with the developer other than that they're here about to develop in this area. So if there's going to be work going on, now would be the time to be doing those things, not trying to come back in after right. the fact and, and put the road diet in place. So wanted to bring that up. Um, I think that's it for road discussion right okay. now. Um, and Mr. Nash, you and I had had a previous discussion uh, architecture-wise at this leasing area. Um, I sent you a picture of uh, Magnolia's in Dallas. I think it's a coffee shop that yep. substantial change in the architectural styling just for the commercial space. If you were to take a stab at doing this layout, would you want that to maybe look a little different than it does today? The the actual execution of the commercial space is it's going to have a much larger emphasis on the storefront windows. So you're really drawing people in off the street. So I think that's where we'd head instead of just completely changing the architectural style day one to try to provide some flexibility for any future you know, tenant or business. Okay. So, um, and you are setting that up so that it could be a business. It's going to be the leasing space. Yeah, but it, it, it's spec as a commercial space. You know, we won't finish out a portion of the foundation. So plumbing and utilities can be run in. So it, it is commercial. Okay. Um, and as far as the Miller Street side, the Brownstones, Row Home, whatever we want to call them, right? Yes. Um, are you open to really the, the two options that you've shown are same building design, same architectural styling, it's just different colors. Are you open to changing the architectural style to those buildings completely so that they are not the same as the other four buildings in the on Miller, absolutely. That, that's yeah, it's, that's okay. Okay. So it's it's a challenge, I would say, just breaking these types, but it's certainly doable. Gotcha. I'm, 
I don't necessarily have a recommendation as to what it would be, but I would like to break up some of the monotony of the architecture that's, so that it's not five buildings built all at the same time with the same architecture, that it looks like they were built at different times, different styles, um, and, and that, uh, outside of that, I, I do want to applaud you for, um, I can tell you've spent considerable time with staff going through and um, love the way that this project is developing within the reserve. I think it is walkable. The sight lines. What if I live here? I feel like I'm in an urban environment, not in a suburban apartment complex in the back of a parking lot. So I think you've done a, a great job from that standpoint. There's just a couple things that I'm. I'd like maybe a little more solidified today, and I don't know if we're quite there, but um, I think Mr. Alexander has comments too. Yes, sir. Thank you, Councilmember Lewis. We can certainly work with the developer and his team on breaking up the buildings visually a little bit further while still keeping that same architectural character and design. So I know that we have some parameters that we kind of even talked through a little bit prior to the meeting that will go a long ways in that regard. I also wanted to answer your question earlier about three bedroom dwellings. They are allowed within the central subdistrict. Okay. I thought they were. Um, I don't, I'm not an architect, so I don't remember what it's called, but. Like I look at the historic buildings in downtown that they have the big curved coping stuff at the top. Like I'm just thinking something that architecturally on those brownstones that is different. If that's the only thing holding, I don't want to kick you down the road because I think everything else is pretty much there. So I don't know. There's a couple of details in a motion to make sure that we get in there. I don't, if somebody has a recommendation as to what to put in that you guys would feel comfortable for variety of architecture on those Miller Road buildings. That's something that I would like to see put in. I just don't know what that looks like today. Okay. All right, let, let me, um, <clears throat> in regard to this very picture that we're looking at now, um, Mr. Lewis, you, you, were, you were talking about uh, the lanes and the width of the lanes, and, and of course, you're 100% correct. Uh, and, and Raymond, I see you're standing there. Let, let me call Matt up as well. Okay. Uh, regarding that, because I do think that this is primarily, this has more to do with our our fire code and, and the, the fact that you might be able to offer us some suggestions on amending and go ahead and speak to those. Yeah, sure. So I was visiting with Raymond and what we would suggest is taking the travel lanes down to 11 foot okay, uh, and then working with fire to make sure that we maintain some minimum clearance at the intersections, Okay, which when you don't have the on-street parking and some of those things for a clear span off the intersection, that allows them to move her through there with a decreased pavement width. Um, so if you're all right with that, Raymond and I would like to suggest narrowing those down to 11-foot travel lanes. Okay. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Go ahead, Mr. Bro um, excuse me, Ms. Bounds. Ms. Bounds. Go ahead. Mr. Jones, so clarify that a little bit for me a little bit more because that was a question I had on the 12-foot. So if I'm looking here, and these are internal roads, Correct. That's correct. And then we're looking at taking them down a foot. And um, w currently, we require that there be 12 feet for the fire trucks to be able to uh, come down, back and forth down the lanes. So if you're going to decrease that amount, where do you take it from? So we would go down from a 24-foot right here to a 22-foot which when you have 
parallel parking that still allows for a 22 foot clear span, uh, which the fire, I think the fire code minimum is either 20 or 22, and we go up to 24 in some circumstances, uh, but that can be reduced to a 22, which is, would be in between these, uh, this is not gonna show very well, but in between the, the parallel parking, you would still have clear distances there of 22 feet, uh, here of 22 feet, and then we're gonna work over there on Miller Road to accommodate the same. So you're accommodating it within the parallel parking space? Within the drive lane. So you're not gonna have as, so instead of a 12 foot drive lane, you'll have an 11 foot drive lane. And so, then you'll still have the parallel parking? Yes, ma'am, that's correct, okay. of eight feet. Okay, and Sorry. this may be for Raymond. Uh, okay. Uh, Matt, if you can answer it, that's great. Uh, parallel parking, do you know what the, uh, what the ordinance is for how far away the a car can be from the curb? Well, I think it's 18 inches is, is what you're supposed to be parked to from no, the curb? No, Matt, from the intersection. Oh, my no, apologies. No, 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 no I'm, I'm, that's what I'm asking. That, I, yeah, I think that's a... You, you think 18 inches a, is the, the maximum? A, I think you're supposed to be parked in a parallel parking with the 18 inches. That's a police question, though. Is it? Okay. I've never received a ticket for that. You, you, you've got the perfect person to answer that question sitting right behind you. So <laughs> 18 inches or I'm writing you a ticket. He's nodding that's in the right. affirmative. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> that was the question I had. Okay. All right. I think we have one follow-up. Go ahead, uh, Mr. Lewis. Uh, thank you, Mr. Jones. Do you have any thoughts on Miller, if it were to have a road diet of now being the time to do it? If yeah, I mean, you certainly wouldn't want to do something you don't want continued in the future. So I think uh, based on this conversation and the conversation we've had in the workshop, uh, let us take that information. It sounds like the developers are amenable to work with us uh, to come up with something that accommodates our long-term goals for mobility uh, throughout the city and especially in, in this section of the reserve. Okay. And that wouldn't require any changes to their site plan because that's not attached to this? No, you're approving the use for the SUP for the, the building. I think what the road is designed at will come as civil, and we can even bring that back. Uh, at, at a future date once we have the sections worked out. Okay. Uh, just there are units there. They would benefit from having the on-street parking that are part Correct. of it. And, and, and we, so we somewhat control that. It's the, the public. Uh, okay. So we, we have some good control on that. I think tonight for uh, if it's your wish to move it on, we could work out the, the street sections at a later date because it doesn't material affect the, the project. Okay, perfect. And then uh, Mr. Nash, just... I double checked on the site plan that I have. The street lamps are clearly indicated on the northwest and south side, but they're not on the east. So just you're good if that's in a motion to make sure. Absolutely. Okay. It's be okay, cool. Thanks. All right, we're good on my right, on my left. All right, good job. All right, I will uh, open the uh, public hearing at 8. 21 p.m. Do we have any cards, ma'am? No. All right. I, I will close the public hearing at 8.21 p.m. I will call for a motion. Mayor. Yes, sir. I'd like to make a motion with the following conditions. Go ahead, Don't Mr. Don't worry, Lewis. it's not a five-minute bullet point. Um, 
the PNZ recommendations that uh, Cannon Drive uh, on the east will also continue on the uh, three streets around the property. Um, two proposed thoroughfares on the site plan will not exceed 60 feet right of way. Uh, that the dooryards and stoops provided on gr all ground floor units provide an entry directly into a living space. Uh, that there is architectural variety in the row homes on Miller. Um, that there are 11 foot travel lanes. That the lights, uh, the sidewalk lights are installed on uh, Miller Road as well uh, to match the rest of the property. Second. Thank you, Ms. Short. Questions? Hearing none, saying none, please cast your vote. All right, and the motion passes 5-0. All right, item 17, public hearing and first reading. Thank you all very much. Item 23-5218, this is an ordinance, public hearing and first <clears throat> First reading of an ordinance approving a zoning change from SF-1222 single-family residential district to PD, a plan development <clears throat> district for C2, excuse me, community business district-based commercial uses on uh, 2.9 acres of land in the uh, WC Low Survey, abstract number 970, generally located southeast of the intersection of Grand Meadows Boulevard and North Holland Road on property at 700 North Holland Road. Mr. Alexander. Thank you, Mayor. Again, this is a request to rezone property to a PD plant development district. In front of you, you see an aerial that is outlined in green, generally showing the boundaries of the property that would be rezoned. It is part of a larger tract here, generally speaking. And again, the current zoning being single family residential district, SF 1222. Just some images showing the site. And again, this is a planned development district request for business commercial. And the purpose of a planned development is to accommodate unified design in residential, commercial, office, and professional services and other uses within an approved comprehensive development plan. For this specific plan development, the idea is to tie the development to exterior finishes, building, building articulations, and other architectural elements and features that start to create something dynamic that leads into the corner there. It is also to limit uses that have generally been allowed by right under the C2 community business district and really looking more to an example being Parkside of using those lists of uses as those that are permitted and restricting the uses to those and then ensuring compatibility with surrounding land uses. So one of the things that I would like to point out immediately on this site and landscaping plan is that there is an easement for a gas pipeline that runs through there. So that kind of fragments the development a little bit. There was also conversation with the property owner to the north, and at this time, to my knowledge, it didn't yield any activity in terms of creating 
some type of connection, and I hope that comes through in yellow between these two sites to allow for a different site design. That being stated, again, it is for a single-story neighborhood-based commercial uses as proposed. It does include outdoor seating areas, uh, 97 spaces as proposed for parking. It does also provide for passive space as required by the zoning ordinance in section 155.092. And again, there is additional landscaping. While it doesn't come through all the way, you can see on the right-hand side of the screen there as part of their site plan, that does include the list of allowed uses. Those are the same allowed uses for the Parkside development. In terms of elevations, this is the front elevation that would be facing Holland, and this is the back. And the idea there with the front and the back elevations, even with the challenges given by the gas pipeline easement, is to really start to create two fronts of a building that would allow for future development to the east, particularly the opportunity for residential development to start to create more of a traditional neighborhood development, albeit at a far smaller scale. In sum, the 2012 official land use plan identifies sub-area six as generally being built out. However, it does recommend some limited retail and service uses. Uh, development provides this neighborhood with commercial activity at the intersection of two arterial roadways. And there are opportunities, again, for development to the east of a gas pipeline easement as well as to the south. And the Planning and Zoning Commission did conduct a public hearing on February 20th, 502, with two absences to recommend approval as presented. I believe that the applicant is here this evening, and I am available for any questions that City Council may have. All righty. Ms. Bounds. Mr. Alexander, um, you know, we've been real busy on our council priorities for building strong neighborhoods and developing a strong economy. So a remark that I have, and then I have a question. It appears that when I look at all of this, there's not been any connectivity um, to the north. So, and then there's limited connectivity, I guess, because of the gas line um, over to the other side of that. And it appears that now we're looking at parceling the land out and compartmentalizing uh, a whole lot of it instead of looking at master planning um, that piece of development. So a question for you guys is what can be done for the future so that we can um, make sure that we're putting in place some areas for interconnectability so that other future developments that come in here will have that connectivity. Yes, ma'am. And to that point, I know with the start of this rezoning request in conversations with the developer that we wanted to get that connection from the north to this property, just because we believe that it would have helped influence the design of the site a lot differently than what is in front of City Council this evening. Unfortunately, those conversations didn't yield that opportunity to create 
that interparcel connectivity from the north to the south. One of the things that we do want to take a look at moving forward is our development regulations to encourage more of that interparcel connectivity so that we're designing development where it can allow for that interconnectivity, such as in this case, from the north to the south. I do know that with the pipeline easement that we have to the east, that might still yield some opportunities for some pedestrian connections from this development to the east. And then even looking at how it was designed kind of at the southern part, it does allow for that driveway to continue southward to support some other type of development. And what staff will probably look at or propose is that as that is developed, that will probably be less intense residential activity. So those are things that we can take a look at uh, in the future. And we certainly did strive for that knowing that we had our future land use plan in front of us and knowing city council's priorities. And then one more question. Um, can you um, clarify that there is some limitations on this development as far as some of the retail? Because I was trying to look up what some of the limitations would be. Um, and I saw some areas for like coffee shops, bakeries that the PD does allow. Uh, has this been exempt from this project? No, those are all of the uses that will be allowed with this project. So everything that is part of that from an apparel store all the way down to a mail center, those uses would be the only ones permitted and drive-throughs are not permitted. So again, supporting more of that walkability. That's all I have, thanks. All right, to my left, Mr. Lewis. Thank you, Mayor. I had very similar comments as Ms. Bounds. Um, as I zoom in on the development plan, I see eight-foot screening wall all the way around. Is that correct? Yes, sir. So this will never connect if I'm a neighbor that lives in the neighborhood right behind. If you put it in a coffee shop here, i got to get in my car to drive to the coffee shop because there's an eight-foot screening wall all the way around it. So I do believe that the property owner, again, does own the property to the east and to the south. Okay. And I think that the intentions moving forward in the future is that that could develop into residential activity to the south and to the east. Which we would want to be interconnected to the commercial corner so the people that live there don't have to get in their car and drive around the block to go to the commercial activity. Absolutely. Okay. And I would say as well, Councilmember Lewis, that the developer has been pretty flexible and is working with staff on okay. those connections and kind of even the architecture moving forward so we get more of that walkability and neighborhood design. Okay. I, from my seat, what I see is an opportunity to parcel this out one at a time and they'll never interconnect and everybody will only access off of Holland from a vehicle and not neighborhood services, even though the uses are, are in line and the architecture is in line, if we don't allow the residents that live nearby to actually be able to access the property, and if you're telling me that there's potential for different residential uses to the east and the south, and there's an eight-foot screening wall between them and the commercial use, that's, that's their option, is to yes, get in sir. a vehicle um, or go on a really long walk around the block. Um, so those were just my initial thoughts of, like, I think this part ends up parceling out over time and we run into a lot of the same issues that we've run in with um, a couple of other developments off of Broad where when I'm in interior the to the development, I've got to get back on Broad Street just to get back into the next development. 
So uh, I, I don't know how we fix that when we put an eight-foot screening wall between the properties. Well, we can work with the developer on that if that's city council's desire. Okay, thank you. All right, Ms. Short, y'all good? All right, all right. Thank you very much, Ms. Bross, you good? Okay, all right. I will uh, open the public hearing at 8.33 p.m. Do we have any cards, ma'am? <clears throat> All right, I will continue the public hearing at 8.33 p.m. And I will call for a motion. Mayor. Ms. Bonds. Yes, Ms. Bonds. I'd like to make a motion to deny. Okay. Um, based on, I, I feel like we do not have a good use on here as far as interconnectability and as far as I think we're compartmentalizing the project. Second. So okay, motion and <clears throat> second by Mr. Lewis. Questions? Hearing none, all right, please cast your vote. All right, and the motion carries 3-2. All right. Moving to item number 18, new business 23-5227, consider approval of a community activation grant application to be funded through the historic downtown revitalization grant program for historic uh, preservation month uh, events. Ms. Nicolette Rushiti. Nice. Got it right? Yes. Good evening, Council. I, we are presenting a downtown uh, community activation grant request that we received on behalf of Art Wright, our Historic Preservation Officer, and the Historic Landmark Commission. So this application that they've made for grant monies is to help fund the three core events that are happening over the course of the entire month of events for May, which is Historic Preservation Month. And so they've got uh, quite a few events planned that deal with um, events popping up at the museum, as well as our Manhouse Museum, tours and demonstrations, Historic Recognition Day, and also this, this Place Matters 31 Day campaign. The three core events which are listed at the top is going to be a, a historic car show, a chalk the walk contest, and a history hunter scavenger hunt. And so you can see the dates are spread out over the entire uh, duration of May. So starting with May 6th, we have the downtown Mansfield car show. So there'll be prizes for the best cars in the category. Also some vendor booths and invitation to downtown merchants to set up booths at the car show. And they're looking at the sitting parking lot uh, that is the city owned parking lot on Walnut Street. And of course, this is bringing it to a place in town that is within walking distance to restaurants and, and encouraging them to host car show specials as well. Then on May 13th is the historic Chalk the Walk contest. So this would be on the east side of Main Street and they will block four by four spaces or two by two spaces for children and encourage people to participate and create their own artwork. They will also hire an exhi ex exhibition artist to create a piece of art during this to kind of just add to the celebration and activity. And the theme will be past to present and then prizes for best artwork. If they need some overflow space because there's enough participation, then it will overflow onto Pond Branch. 
True. And the final core event that they're requesting grant funding for is the History Hunters Scavenger Hunt. And so there will be places from the manhouse and then throughout downtown that teams of four will go and stop at each place and get clues and have to do some type of interactive puzzle solving. And so everyone will have a scorecard that's based on points, not on how fast they can, can complete it. And so they'll go around and, and literally do a scavenger hunt and have to figure out uh, puzzles to get their points. So looking at the promotion plan and budget, because this is a city-sponsored event and we have a lot of uh, communication channels available to us, you can see that most of it is free um, cost as far as promoting to the entire city. There are a couple things that they would like to print, such as calendars for the month, and then the 25 posters for core events for $25. So their total event promotion budget is $175. For the car show, and this is similar for the Chalk the Walk contest, as well as the scavenger hunt, the main cost is really associated with prizes for our participants, um, water, maybe an artist or a performer at that particular event, and then some specific item-specific events, a canopy rental for the car show, chalk for the chalk contest, and then the entertainment for the scavenger hunt. So on the right-hand side, you can see the event marketing is $175, car show, $3,200, chalk the walk contest, about $1,800, almost $1,815. Scavenger hunt is $1,500. And then they have uh, the last budget, which is $2,000, and this is for supporting costs that are for the entire 31 days of events that they have going on around this. So the total cost for the month of May will be $8,304. They've already confirmed $2,000 from other sources, and so their grant request from Historic Downtown is the $6,304. So we have, the, um, we have Art here on behalf of HLC to answer any questions y'all have, but as far as the <coughs> grant request goes, they have already received some uh, sponsorship that they've been able to confirm. This is a city-sponsored event. They agree to kind of all the fine print in the grant language, which is providing the event recap form. And then, of course, we just think that it's a great event for the city to promote and preserve its heritage, but also to have stuff in downtown to really promote more visitors and traffic down there as well. So we are available for any questions that you might have. That's good. All right, to my left. Go ahead. Sure. I'll, I don't really have any questions. I just think it sounds very fun. I like it that it's a lot of different things, and I like the entertainment aspect of it as well. So, I think it looks like a good, a good thing. All right. To my right. All good. All good. All right. Me too. All right. Thank you very much, ma'am. I will call for a motion. Move to approve. Thank you, Miss Short. Second. Thank you, Ms. Bounds. Questions? Hearing none. All right. Thank item you. carries 5-0. Item 19. Motion to adjourn. One second, one second, one second, one second. Bradley needs to clarify what happens with a 3-2 vote. Okay. All right. Um, I'll pull it back. Thank you. Bradley, please clarify. What happens with a 3-2 vote? Yes, your, your charter requires the vote of four. Uh, 
voting in, to approve or to deny an action. Uh, it specifically addresses a vote where there's five present of three to two, that it will be automatically rescheduled to the next meeting for reconsideration. Uh, so that would be the outcome of our vote on that item this evening. Okay, thank you, Ms. Marin. We'll definitely make note of that. Appreciate it. All right. All right, item 19. Motion to adjourn. Second. All right, all right, all right. Did you get everybody, ma'am? All right, we will cast our votes, I guess. Yeah, there we go. And that item carries 5-0. All right, we will adjourn at 8.43 p.m. Y'all have a great week.